Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Dear Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every opportunity that you give us to serve, for we are your hands. We represent your heart here upon earth. Be with all caregivers, especially those with dementia. We know what a struggle it is, Lord, but we also know that you give us the grace, the wisdom, and the courage to persevere. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. I'm uh, really excited today to have the first time ever, three guests on the show and uh, three beautiful women who have dedicated some time for us today to come to, to the show and share their testimony. So uh, first we have Miss Annette Chapman. Welcome to the show, Annette. Thank you. Thank and Miss Jackie Sheremy. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Hey, thanks so much. Okay, so let's take turns. Annette, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into it. So, I'm a retired science teacher. I taught for 35 years from grade second through college level, so it's been kind of varied. Both of my parents have severe dementia, and I also had an aunt who had Alzheimer's and a great aunt who had uh, physical limitations. So I ended up becoming the caregiver for all of them. And so I decided to go ahead and retire at that point because I just, I just didn't have time anymore for everything. Now, are you a um, Cajun girl? Are you from? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm from Lafayette here, okay. near Karen Crow and all. All right. I grew up, I graduated from Turlings, and then God led me to Texas. And so I spent a lot of time over there. I taught with the military schools and just uh, back and forth. But God was definitely my grounding force through it all. Just, um, yes. Now, I know if God led, led you to Texas, it was to come back to Louisiana for a purpose, because God oh, yes. will never leave anyone away from Louisiana. No, no, <laughs> never, never, never. No, I've been the boomerang kid, so to say. I've, I've come back and then go back and forth here different places. But... But Lafayette has always been a very special place, a, a place where I'm grounded in the Word here and through the faith community here that's been such an inspiration through the years. That's beautiful. So, Ms. Jackie, Sheremy, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm retired now. I spent a, much of my career in marketing and advertising here in Acadiana. I worked for Tony Sachery and then at Stellar Inc. Okay. Doing a lot of their advertising and marketing and as the creative director there at Stellar. I married a little later in life, mm-hmm. as my parents did. So I grew up in a family with a lot of older family members and then had my children a little, a little later mm-hmm. and kind of found myself becoming a caregiver to my mother. I knew something wasn't quite right but she was still very vital in many ways. But I was trying to balance the additional care she needed with the care of having young children of my own mm-hmm. at the same time. And it came to light that she had Alzheimer's, and so I had to make mm-hmm. a tough decision about how to care for all those people that God had entrusted in to me. And I wound up leaving the workplace and spending 11 years caring for my mom as she journeyed wow. with uh, Alzheimer's. Hmm. So I I know we didn't really get to talk much, but my mother, Marcel Citron, kind of went through all of that. We were six boys, and I was the youngest, and, and I was in charge with her caregiving, and, and that it just happened that the, 
the dementia and whatnot with her it, it happened quickly overnight it seemed like and we didn't understand that but it's so tough and it's hard to balance being in a hospital or being somewhere or being at home and then the affordability that part is i know for us was very tough but so you guys i guess started this organization remember me it's a support group for caregivers for dementia tell us how that all started i was feeling a little overwhelmed at some times so i was doing some reading and research and praying a lot and one of my dad was in the nursing home at that point and um one of the workers there pulled me aside one day and said, Annette, she says, caregivers really need some support, and we think you need to be doing something about it. So I said, okay, God, I, you know, <laughs> I, I guess I'll have to listen. So went ahead and I did some research with the Alzheimer's organization, went through their facilitator training, and I found out, Sister Barbara Nell let me know about the Faith Companion program they had with the Archdiocese of New Orleans. So I drove back and forth to New Orleans for several weeks and, you know, went through their training. And Father Gary Schecksneider was our pastor at the time there at St. Elizabeth Seaton Church. So I went to him, and he definitely encouraged me to continue on with this and offered the, the facilities there at church for our meeting places and for them, uh, the Xerox machine for copies of things that mm-hmm. we did. So I said we began there in March of 2015. And how many how many started? How many people in the beginning? How many now? Uh, at our first meeting, I look back at my records of the day, we had five people who showed up. Mm-hmm. And just before COVID, we were running about 20, 22 people wow. per meeting. So, uh, so we meet That's once a, a month. Right, we meet once a month. But then we decided to expand just a few months before COVID had started. So we also did a meeting in the evening, but we also had one in the morning. Um, I see. So, so, Jackie, how did you get involved? I was caring for my mother, and this was something I never saw myself doing. There was a lot of longevity in my father's family, and so I'd been around people who were aging into their hundreds, but were very sharp and vibrant. And uh, my mom was sort of the youngest of that group. But when she started to lose her skills, I knew I needed to find support right away. So I started looking for a group. I uh, did not have siblings that were helping me with this. And again, having older family, I was kind of the the last one left to take on this task. So I started looking for help Mm -hmm. and had kind of bobbed around to a couple of groups that I'd heard about that were having trouble staying together. And then I heard about this group with Annette. And I think uh, one of the beautiful things to be pointed out about this group is that they're... I think Annette's background started with the Alzheimer's Association, but it was evident, especially here in Acadiana, that people attending this group also wanted spiritual support, not Mm -hmm. just informational support. And that isn't always possible to offer that with some of the national organizations or organizations that are supported nationally. And so Annette kind of found that just right place where it was okay to incorporate the spiritual support that caregivers need and really address their needs. We're seeing caregivers at meetings that are only able to get out once a month. Mm -hmm. You probably are very familiar with this, but as the disease progresses, 
sometimes the patient doesn't want to separate from the caregiver, and that's when the caregiver needs a break the most. Mm -hmm. And so those monthly meetings are like a lifeline to caregivers. And if you are a spiritual person, if you rely on your faith for strength and comfort and wisdom and knowledge, and you're not getting to Mass regularly, being able to pray in a meeting or be supported by prayer in a meeting is a real life giver to both you and the person that you care for. Very nice. Very nice. So, Annette, tell us, what, what does one of these meetings look like? Uh, how long and, and how, does that, how does it go? Uh, the meeting normally lasts about one hour. We, we always open and end in prayer because, as Jackie was mentioning earlier, I said we're definitely a faith-based group. Most of the organizations for support groups are affiliated with nursing homes or medical facilities. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of different in that respect. So we start off introducing ourselves very briefly. We call it Round Robin. We just go down one another and just say, okay, who are you caring for? What problems are you experiencing? Or what joys have you experienced in this past month? Because there's particular joys, too. We call them those precious pearls that you hang on to. So we go ahead and share those around. And invariably, there'll be someone there who has a particular problem that month that really needs addressing. So we'll spend some time, you know, trying to help. And one of the beauties of the group is because there's so many different people that each one has a, a slightly different experience in the type of dementia which they're dealing. Because no one, even though they all have the diagnosis of dementia or, all, or several of them with Alzheimer's, every person is different in the way the disease affects them. So one person will say, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing, you know, to help with this particular situation. Another person will, I'm trying this because... Unfortunately, what works one morning may not work for you that afternoon. That's how, that's how rapidly sure. things can change. So this way, when the people leave the meeting, they have several different ideas that they've gleaned from fellow workers there. So that really helps a lot. And then at the end, you know, we always close in prayer. And we also always have something with us that's printed that they can take back some information are a spiritual reflection. A lot of times, Sister Barbara now will write uh, spiritual reflections for us. So, Sister Barbara now is sitting here. She's co-hosting the show. We ran out of microphones in the booth uh, today, but I'd like to pass the microphone over to her a little bit and just let her maybe introduce herself a little bit and uh, talk about her connection with the group. Yeah, I'm Sister Barbara now Lapruce. I'm a sister of Mount Carmel, originally from New Iberia. Spent a lot of time in and out of New Orleans. But most of my years of professional work was as a guidance counselor in Thibodeau, Louisiana. That has become one of the spots in my heart, Mm -hmm. uh, Thibodeau and Bayou Lafourche. Harvard on the bayou, right? (laughs) I hadn't thought of that. Uh, I, I, um, I got into work with caregivers over the years, I think. One of my early assignments was in charge of the mother house where our general is our headquarters. We had an infirmary for our elderly sisters, and we had residence for the mobile retired sisters. So I cut my teeth on those first two years, went back into teaching and work, came back to the mother house, and spent another five years there. So my experience at first of caregiving was with the sisters. However, my mother was elderly, 
and we had to put her in a nursing home, a very difficult thing. <clears throat> she did not want to go, but it was either I leave the convent and take care of her, or she goes into a nursing home. So she went there, and she was there for a year. Other than that, I think my experience with caregiving actually started in 2015. I had retired from counseling in Thibodeau. I was helping at the mother house in New Orleans, and I was asked to move to Lafayette to live with one of the sisters there. And it's there that I eventually moved to St. Leo's. Uh, when the sister in charge was sick and hospitalized of the different jobs that we could choose, I said, I'll take care of sister. And so I took care of one of the sisters who had had brain injury and had dementia, but still talked, still could communicate, and very humorous and very easy to take care of. Morning and night was my responsibility. And it was at that time that I heard about the Remember Me group, and I began to join into the group at that time. That was in 2016, and I met Annette, and we've been friends all that time. A match made in a heaven. Big help. Yes. yes. A big help. That's fantastic. So, again, you know, if you're listening out there, next week we're going to have Sister uh, exclusively. She, she has quite a resume, and we're going to get into that next week. So please tune in next week. Again, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Annette Chapman and Jackie Sheremy. They are with the Remember Me support group for caregivers for dementia. And I believe they're housed still at St. Leo's, right? Or no? St. Elizabeth Seaton. I'm sorry? St. Elizabeth Seton. Oh, at St. Saint Elizabeth Seton, yes. Right. I'm sorry, St. Elizabeth Seton. And then we all, we've also co-partnered with Hospice of Acadiana. Okay, so I know our, very well. Right, so our evening session is at St. Elizabeth Seton. Our morning session is at Hospice of Acadiana. Okay, I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. So one would be, are, is there all, are all the caregivers, or most of them anyway, Eucharistic ministers? Or how does that work out? Do they bring communion to the homes? I'm just okay. curious because we did that. You know, we, we get, uh, I'm in, on St. John's Cathedral pastoral team, and we go to the nursing homes, and I've experienced that, and it's very powerful. You know, but mm-hmm. how does, is that incorporated in your thing? Not too much? No, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, is it, I, I knew I was here for something. Right, there you go. <laughs> um, so I am a Eucharistic minister, and so I and would I bring... too. Right, and so Jackie, great. I so knew I would, it, I knew right, it. So we would bring communion to, uh, to our parents. Okay. And then I said some of the members there are Eucharistic ministers, mm-hmm. and they have brought communion to the people. Mm-hmm. And then we also let the... Um, we have a homebound person. Uh, she's the minister at our church mm-hmm. and so we let her know about any needs that people have and so she will go and deliver communion to them also and minister the, to them on a regular basis the day my mother passed um father mike delcom came over a, friend, a close friend of mine and um he gave her the last rites mm-hmm. and gave her communion and then i actually did confession in the parking i call it the parking lot but i guess it's her, her driveway mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it's something I'll never forget. And my lesson that I learned through my mother's experience was that, yes, everything that happens in life in the beginning is very important, but it's what happens at the end. You know, I think that's biblical. And so I, it's like you you said those pearl moments. I'm not sure how you had said that, but I've 
I've had so many of those with my mother at the end. And I actually mm-hmm. stumbled when I was looking for the code to the door over here just now. I stumbled across one. She had six boys, and they didn't visit all that often. And I was, like, complaining, hey, you know, the brothers ought to come visit more often and all that. And she said, well, you know, I never lose sight of their love. As, and I, I said, well, I have to write that down. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's something that, you know, just I, I could feel her heart. But she, you know, loved her boys so much. But anyway, I, I did. It was such a learning experience. And it's so powerful for the caregiver, mm-hmm. right? I think the caregiver gets more out of it than than the person. Oh, made. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think in the long run, they do. It's getting to that other side. I remember being struck in a meeting about caregiving. We had a national speaker come in, and the first slide that came up that morning was 45% of all memory loss caregivers will die before their patient does. What? And that's what makes yes. a group like this so important. You know, we That's would, a shocking statistic. Yeah, we would, yeah. yes. So often you see, especially with couples, couples well into their 80s where you have a caregiver who's in their 80s and a patient who's in their 80s, and so the... The, stre- the physical stress on the caregiver mm-hmm. is is so uh, so demanding, and so groups like this mm-hmm. are so important for that very reason. We, uh, you know, if we see some a, a person who is visually impaired with a dog, you would never think of not caring for the dog, not offering the dog water or finding a bed for the dog. But with a memory loss patient, their caregiver is every bit as vi- as vital mm-hmm. as something like a seeing eye dog. They. They need you every minute of every day, and that's a big demand on caregivers, especially the elderly. And that's one of the reasons why we decided to call this Remember Me, because so often, you know, you see the people at church, and after a while, you just don't see them anymore. They become forgotten. And so we want to make sure that we remember these individuals to help make sure that they can be part of our community. Mm -hmm. And then also to remember, to bring them back into the group because community is so vitally important yeah just a few years ago um, mom would when she was homebound she had had a about where we needed to call the ambulance people in and and the medics came in and you know they're they're questioning and wanting to see where her mind is and mom had a big sense of humor and she loved politics and Trump was the president at the time, and but they asked her, Mrs. Citron, who, who's the president? And she just, without wavering, said, Ronald Reagan. And <laughs> I looked at her, and she looked at me, and she winked at me, you know. And I'm like, what? You know, I don't know. And I don't, I'm not even sure now. I'm not sure where this is going, you know. Right. So I don't know. It's just a light moment that I enjoyed with Mom. I think mm-hmm. it kind of in and out a little bit, a little bit. But um, I guess what I wanted to say, too, as caregivers – are the youth that's what i want to say like so when i went on, on a mission trip with a, a lot of the kids at st thomas more a few times they just loved the elderly like they just jumped in and they weren't anyway scared or you know they were just so loving to those kids do you have th- some youth involved and can you get some youth involved because i think there's a lot of youth that would that would get involved in your in your program not so much i've <laughs> given them some good ideas here. yes my, my yeah. children were small mm-hmm. uh, compared to you know usually yeah. they see yeah so they were i guess they were around five and seven mm-hmm. when mom was diagnosed and then fast forward 11 years and i would say they were remarkable in the depth of their compassion mm-hmm. and their insight they learned how to look at people in a whole new way, how to look beyond the person and see their needs and see their value. And that was a really beautiful lesson that mom taught them through her own journey with Alzheimer's. So we don't have a group specifically for young people, but the benefit to young people in caring 
for these patients is remarkable. Yeah, I think they're future caregivers, certainly a bunch of them. We and hope they are, right? Yes, of course, of course. Because I remember my mom saying to me, like, I wish I'd had a, a daughter. You know, you're it. Don't put me in a nursing home. You know, and I'm like, oh, boy, yeah, a lot of pressure here. But, you know, I think of the campus ministry programs around around Lafayette, like at Turlings and St. Thomas More and all the, all the schools around that have them. And I think they would – those seniors would get involved. I know those UL freshmen and sophomores would also plug into your organization. They have so much to give, I find, anyway. That's, so, well, that's a great idea. Yeah. We, we do have a few youth that are helping us in some respect. Uh, Connor Angel is one of my former students, and I bumped into him in New Orleans a few years ago. And we're checking up, you know, say, but what are you doing now and everything? And he was majoring in neurology and minoring in music at Tulane on scholarship. So he says, look, he says, summer's almost here. He says, I'd love to be able to help y'all. So he did. He came in. We developed a music and drumming program for, for, for the people there at the nursing home. So every week he went and rounded up some of his friends that were college age. They came in. They were all musicians, so they played for the people. And we had the individuals there. The number of individuals that they worked with were pretty much non-responsive in many ways. But when that music started, especially we hit a song that they liked, and we were doing drumming and clapping activities with them, they would just chime right in, and they had a wonderful time. Nice. So, so I need to acknowledge, I'm going to say barbershop slash beauty parlor. Wendy and Tisa are why we're here today. They're avid listeners of the show, and not sure which if they're cutting y'all's hair or how <laughs> yours, okay, his sisters. And they said, this is, you have to have these guys on the show. So that's kind of how we got here today. Uh, so shout out to them. But um so let's shift gears a little. In order for you to be in this position where y'all are giving back so much, you must have been touched at some point in your life deeply, I think, by Christ or through prayer. But what does your prayer life look like now, and, and how has that motivated you to do what you do? Oh, they're giving me that look. Right. Well, Jump in. I said, I, this is where I have to go back to the beginning yes. a bit. Back when I was in high school, Carrie Landry was very active here in Louisiana. And so I was one of the teenagers that worked in the group and really encountered Christ on a personal level. And that's when my prayer life began in earnest then. You say you did. You encountered Christ. On right. The T- yes. Tell me a little more about that. Tell us, kind of explain a little bit. Because for my daughters always say, I have three girls, you know, like, tell me about a conversion. How does that happen? Is it at one time? Is it over time? You know, everyone's is different, I guess. But do you feel like you had a conversion in your life at that moment? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, my family was always very much faith-oriented. We prayed the rosary every night. I went to St. Leo right after. In fact, I was in the second class that went through St. Leo's. And then I went to Turlings. So it was there, but it wasn't an integral part of my own personal life. I see. And so um, sometimes I would talk to God at night a bit, but it just wasn't. Basically, I was tossing comments out to him. And then had had the retreat with uh, Carrie Landry. And uh, it was, yes, I knew I was loved. I knew he was listening. And that was just and it became more of an ongoing thing afterwards because I had some uh, challenges in my life, very definitely. And um, I remember one time sitting down and just very despondent and thinking, what am I going to do? And I picked up, you know, I called a helpline. wasn't thinking of anything serious, but it was just I needed to talk to somebody. And the phone was busy for a whole hour. 
And I, I started laughing. I said, God, I know this is between me and you, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I knew then that it was going to be okay. So that, that was one of the pearls that I hung on to, not for my parents, but just for me, because then when I was dealing with my parents, and my dad went through a time where he was very aggressive, and it, it was just dangerous. Yeah. So I said, that's what I hung on to, was that, okay, God, you're here with me. I know this. So I would get up early every morning, have prayer time before my, my sons, before my husband, before everybody was up. That was my private time with God, that... Okay, God, this is what's on my heart. Where do you want to lead me today? That was the big part. What do you want to do with me today? Yeah, and I can share in my testimony that, you know, the fear of taking care of my mother and, you know, having to really reach out desperately to God and say, help me, you know, help her to communicate with me and vice versa and, you know, lead me. And I felt like the spiritual connection we had, it was always there always to the end and she wrote a diary every day for 42 years my mother and and I and I got to keep that and read that and I after she passed and you know it's just a treasure to me and um, still we communicate I had a dream about her a couple of nights ago and I think she wants me to write a book about it you know so it was some pretty clear clear divine messages I was getting but anyway so just a couple of minutes Jackie tell us a little bit about your prayer life or or your spirituality How, how did you end up here I mentioned my parents were older. My father is a Cajun guy, born and raised in Karen Crow and then moved away. My mom was from Caracas, Venezuela. Wow. And so two very different cultures, but their common thread was their Catholicism. And it bridged, you know, every gap there was. And so it was beautiful to see that in our home. I remember when my father retired, we moved back to Louisiana. And I went to St. Leo as well, a few years behind Annette. And going into the classroom after lunch one day and they everybody knelt down and said the rosary and I had never seen kids do that before Mm -hmm. and I can tell you it was like a pivotal moment for me it was kind of like angels were singing and it was like this is who you are and this is where you belong and so I, I I think my faith has grown slowly but certainly the last 11 years caring for mom have been uh a big growth period in my own faith formation Um, Because I, if you know me, I would be the last person you would pick to be your caregiver. (laughs) I I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I have strengths that the Lord gave me, but they kind of fall in the areas of creativity and fun. And I should probably have been the person making macaroni necklaces with the ladies (laughs) at the nursing home and not dealing with sort of the harder realities of, of uh, memory loss and caregiving, but I loved my mother deeply. We had a very, very, very strong bond. And so, I mean, I was face down in prayer sometimes several times a day saying, Lord, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to pull me through it mm-hmm. because I do not have what it takes. And, and you know, he never left that prayer unanswered. And I saw that even though I, I was heartbroken to know that this was an an incurable disease, but there was so much joy and healing in the 11 years journeying with the incurable disease that it was, it could have only been attributed to the hand of God. Oh, that's awesome. Well, our time has gone by. Um, I do have one last little quick answer question, just because I'm curious. Have y'all designated your own caregivers? Have you thought about that at all, who, who you would choose? 
Uh, yes, I've already spoken to my you eldest son. Right, okay. I've made a list for him. I said, when I start doing this, this, <laughs> and this, it's time to put me in the nursing home. And when you put me there, this is what I want. <laughs> Jackie. And yes, I have uh, three daughters. Oh, you like got you it. Do, and You're so, good. Right, You're covered. They all have their gifts. Yeah, I have three daughters. I haven't designated one yet, but we'll, hopefully, one will come to the top. It may yeah. be happening sooner than later. I don't know. I'm getting older quick. So <laughs> thank you all for being on the show so much. The The group is called Remember Me. It's a support group for caregivers for dementia. And it's Annette Chapman and Jer- Jackie Sheremy. A blessing for you to be on the show today. Thank you all for being here. They'll be co-hosting next week. Tune in next week when we'll have Sister Barbara Nell Laparus. So it's going to be a great show. So tune in. And again, until next time, engage the Cajun Catholic in you. God bless.